I apologize. I know I, uh, I fidget with this mic. I don't really like it. It does keep me, uh, keep me speaking in the middle of the dance. You know, it, it. we're going to get back to our study of Ecclesiastes today. I, th- I want to thank Brad for uh, filling in last week, and I, I especially liked the, uh, the references to the Exodus, the reference to uh, leading half the church into the wilderness, mountaintop. That was, uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. So <laughs> we're going to get back to our study. We'll be in uh, Exodus chapter 10 this morning. And last time that, that we were there, uh, we talked about the fly in the ointment, the, fl- the, the dead fly in the perfume is the way Ecclesiastes says it, the way Solomon says it. Um, our, our current way of saying it is the fly in the ointment. And the funny thing is that there was a fly in the ointment of what I had to say last time. I talked about the Benjamites and, and David and how they were both likely left-handed. But in talking about that, I mixed them together and I put David in the, the tribe of Benjamin. And he's not. David's in the tribe of Judah. And so forgive me for any confusion I, I, I caused you there uh, by the way I said that. There was literally a fly in the ointment of my sermon on the fly in the ointment. So, and I didn't do it on purpose, like to see if somebody would catch it. Uh, you know, that would have been smart. I wasn't that smart. Uh, the truth is, I just, the way I said it was wrong. So I, I apologize. Uh, so where we're going to pick up uh, this morning, so Solomon's talking about the uncertainty of life. Now, we have a way of saying this also. We say life happens, or we say stuff happens. Or there's other ways of saying this that I'm not going to say on a recording. But, uh, but we, we, we understand what we mean when we say that life is uncertain. Life happens sometimes. And, and sometimes it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to life. Sometimes it seems random and even cruel at times. Life is uncertain. And, and so we've talked about how God works through that, all of that, in our lives. He works in the uncertain times. But I, but I want to reiterate to you that that was not God's original plan. God's original plan, if you think back to, to Exodus or to uh, Genesis, you think back, it, it was Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the, the day in the garden with God. That was the plan. And then sin messed it up. And, and sin caused the curse, sin caused death, sin caused the uncertainty that we face in life today. It wasn't meant to be that way, but that's how life is now. We have uncertainty in life. So let's read about how, how uh, Solomon addresses the uncertainty of life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, starting in verse 8, and uh, it, it is up here behind me. The one who digs a pit may fall into it, and the one who breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. The one who quarries stones may be hurt by them. The one who splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen his edge, then one must exert more strength. However, the advantage of wisdom is that it brings success. If the snake bites before it's charmed, then there's no advantage for the charmer. 
The words from the mouth of a wise person are gracious, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words from his mouth is folly, and by the end he is speaking an evil madness. Yet the fool multiplies words, no one can tell what will happen, and who can tell anyone what will happen after him? The struggles of fools weary them, for they don't know how to go to the city. So Solomon is talking about life happens, stuff happens. He, he kind of starts us out with this idea that throughout life, stuff happens. Falling into holes we dig, being hurt by rocks, being hurt by logs we're working with. And, and remember that the context here, uh, he's talking about the wise and the foolish. and he's t- So there's kind of a, a, a sense that, that these are hurt by the, their own foolishness. But there's also just an uncertainty to life. And these are like proverb-like sayings. So we can kind of work our way through them and say, you know, okay, what's, what's he talking about with digging a hole and falling into it? We have a, a saying in our day. We say, if, if you find yourself in a hole, quit digging. Right? And we know what we're talking about. And we know what we mean when we say we're digging a hole. We dig a hole for ourselves financially. We dig a hole for ourselves in, in our workplace, in relationships, spiritually. We dig holes for ourselves and inevitably we fall into them. We end up in the hole we dig. And then he talks about the snake biting uh, out of the wall. I, I have to tell you that it, it reminded me of this. This uh, Amos is talking about in chapter 5 of Amos. He's talking about the day of the Lord when it comes. And listen to what Amos says in, in Amos 5.19. He says, It will be like a man who flees from a lion only to have a bear confront him. And then he goes home and rests his hands against the wall and has a snake bite him. Life seems that way sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, that's an epic bad day. But, but life seems like this is how it works. No matter which way you turn, things get worse. Sometimes life is like that. And it's, then he talks about breaking rocks and being, being hurt by the broken rocks. Um, I think immediately of what Jesus said about building your house on the rock because then it can withstand the storm. And so it, it, when you think about the rock, the foundation, the truth, and how we in our society today are trying to chip away at that foundation, everyone gets hurt when we break the foundation of truth. Everyone is hurt by, by breaking the rocks that we that we stand on, the values and the foundations and the, the truth of God that we stand on, everybody gets hurt when we break those. The price is paid by everyone, not just the one breaking the rocks. And then he goes on and, and talks about wisdom and folly. Sharpen the axe or you double the work. We have a way of saying this too, right? We say work smarter, not harder. So we have the, uh, you can see how many of our sayings come from Proverbs and from Ecclesiastes. Uh, work smarter, not harder. And, and again, I think we see this in our world today. We see how hard people are working to distance themselves from God, from the truth of God. 
from the, the simple knowledge, the simple foundation of who God is and what He's done, the more we try, they, they work so hard at, at distancing themselves from that, that they work, they're literally working, overworking to do the wrong thing. It seems foolish, yet we see it every day. We see those working so hard to live apart from the wisdom of God. Now, when, I, when he talks about sharpening, I think again of sharpening on the wisdom of God, sharpening on the truth of God. The wise sharpen themselves on the truth of God. So we can do more if we are sharp instruments. We can do more. We can get more done if we are sharp instruments. Sharpen yourselves on the, on the wisdom, the truth of God. And then he talks about snake charmers. And, uh, and, and there's kind of a play of words there because when he talks about snake charmers, he's talking about the master of the tongue is literally what that, that means. And so there's a lot of snake charmers in the Old Testament, and, but he's not really... He's using it as an example and saying even the skillful, even the wise, if it's not applied to life, it doesn't bring success. He says wisdom brings success, but only if it's applied to life, right? What you know about God isn't wisdom. Knowing God is wisdom. Applying what God says to your life is wisdom. Taking, that, taking what you know about God and living His truth. That's wisdom. Not just knowing something about God. As, as James says, that even the demons know there's a God and they tremble. But they're not living for God. They're not applying the wisdom of God to their life. Wisdom is applying it to your life. Because even wisdom doesn't give you any advantage if you do not apply it to your life. And then he talks about words. Solomon compares the, the, the words of the wise and the foolish. And he says that, that the words of the wise are gracious and the words of the fool consume or devour or destroy him. They're self-destructive. Now, again, the book of James has a lot to say about this. The book of James, uh, I call it the Sermon on the Mouth because he, he talks a lot about what we say and how we say it and how important all that is. What Solomon is saying is there's a difference between the, the words of a fool and the words of the wise, and that difference is grace. Grace. He says that the, the wise speak with grace. The difference is grace. Paul says in, in Colossians 4 that our speech should always be with grace. Because notice the, uh, the other side. Notice what, the, what happens with the fool. It starts out in folly and ends up in madness. He multiplies his words and doesn't even know where he's going anymore. Proverbs has a lot to say about this, but I just chose one. Proverbs 10.19 says, When there are many words, sin is unavoidable unavoidable so so foolish speak is self-destructive it leads to madness and it leads to sin and we can know them by their words 
We can know the words of grace, and we can know the words of the fool by the, by the, the absence of grace, by the foolishness, the destruction, and the, the madness that are there. And, and so Solomon says the fool walks the way he talks. He walks the way he talks. He talks aimlessly. He lives aimlessly. Now, these are harsh words, but I'm going to say them anyway. If you don't have that, a meaning in life, then you're living a meaningless life. If you don't have a goal and a purpose in life, then you're living a purposeless life. We need the purpose of God. We need the meaning of God. We need a goal. We need something to live for. That's what, what Scripture tells us again and again and again. We, we need the purpose of God. Again, James talks about those who are double-minded and who are blown about by every wind. That's the uncertain life that, that Solomon is describing to us. The uncertain life of having no purpose, no meaning. You can't even say that, that the, the wind blows them off course because they don't have any course at all. They simply aimlessly walk through life. As a matter of fact, Solomon says they can't even see the city. They can't even find their way home. They can't see the city they're aiming for. Aimless words. Aimless life. But there's a cure. There's a cure. And the cure for this uncertain life is the certainty of God. The absolute certainty of God. The God who who never fails. The God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is always certain. That's, Solomon does this entire search all the way through the, the book of Ecclesiastes. We see this great search, and what does Solomon come to? He comes to the, the verse that we keep repeating every week. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep His commands. That's a life that matters. That's a life that has purpose. That's a life that has meaning. That's not an aimless life. That's not being blown about by the wind. That's not the, the, the meaningless life that Solomon shows. And it's something to hang on to in this uncertain life. Our society continues to break the foundations of the truth. It continues to say that, that life is about your search for your truth. It's not. There is the truth and life is about conforming your life to it. That's what life's actually about, is conforming your life to this truth. It isn't about searching for it. It's right here. You probably have at least three at your house right now. We have the truth. Life is about conforming to it. It isn't about finding it. And everything else as we try and break all of these truths in our society, we are, we are tearing down walls. We're being bitten by everything. <clears throat> we get more foolish, more self-destructive. We dig deeper holes. That's how our, As I read this and considered just the 10 o'clock news from any day this week, you can see all of this happening. You can see the whole thing. We have the certainty of God. 
we have the absolute truth of God to hang on to in this uncertain life. Let me give you some absolute truth from God that you can hang on to no matter what. God loves you. As you are where you are right now, God loves you. God loves you so much, He sent His Son, His only Son, to die in your place on a cross, to pay your price for sin. He didn't send Jesus to die for sin. He, he, he came, Jesus came to die for your sin. He took your place on the cross you earned to pay your price. Absolute truth. Truth you can hang on to in the uncertainty of life. And, and if you come to Christ, if you come to faith in Christ, if you simply believe that, that Jesus died in your place on that cross, then, then Jesus gives you the power to live the truth. You can have a powerful life. You can have a meaningful life. You can have a purposeful life. All by placing your faith in Jesus. That is absolute truth that you can hang on to even in this uncertain world. In the midst of the storm, hang on to this truth. Christ came and died for you. God loves you that much. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. I want you to consider that question alone. Do I have the truth of God the absolute truth that God loves me and that Jesus came and died in my place on that cross, do I have that truth to hang on to? Do I have that absolute truth to hang on to in the midst of this uncertain life? You can this morning. It's a simple prayer. We simply acknowledge that we have sin in our life. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong, I've said things wrong, I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. He died for me. And I ask you to come into my life and empower my life. Empower me with the truth. Empower me to live the truth. Empower me to hold on to the truth in the midst of this uncertain world. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor. Let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but you have been caught up in the uncertainty of this world. It's so easy to do. Take a moment right now to just commit yourself back to the absolute truth of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, that, that we can, here we are thousands of years later, and we can see our world in what we read today. But Father, we thank you most because we have you to hang on to the certainty of your love for us, the certainty of our forgiveness, the certainty of your power, your wisdom to live by. Keep us mindful 
of coming back to you and hanging on in the midst of this uncertain world. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.